Hello, I'm Father John Horgan, pastor of Saints Peter and Paul Parish in Vancouver, Canada, and welcome to our series, The Angels of God. Welcome back to another episode of Angels of God. I'm Father John Horgan, your host for this series. In today's program, I'd like to speak to you about St. Joseph. Last time we talked about the Blessed Mother and how the Annunciation is the source of tremendous spiritual grace for us and for the whole Church as we ponder the virtues of Mary and her wholehearted acceptance of God's plan, her obedience and her desire to give everything to the Lord so that the Lord's plan of salvation for each of us might be accomplished. But the Blessed Mother in in serving the Lord's plan and purpose, had a special companion, St. Joseph, who was also chosen by God from all eternity to be the foster father of Christ, to be the shadow of the eternal father on earth, to present to the boy Jesus as he grew up the image of the fatherhood of God in human form. St. Joseph, the virginal father of Christ, is patron of the universal church and also patron of our interior life. He is the patron of workers and artisans, the patron of all men. But he has a special relationship to the angels, which I want to present to you in this series, so that you can understand how the angels guided Joseph and how they help us to discover our vocation and overcome the impediments to God's plan. Not simply impediments that come from sin, but impediments that come from our own human limitations and our own lack of trust in God and perhaps in ourselves. Now, when the angels appear to someone, they adapt themselves to the conditions and the personality of the person to whom they come. So, St. Gabriel appeared to Mary in corporeal form. He entered into the house of Mary and spoke to her. And when he did so, he sanctified the world and all human homes with his message. Recently, I visited the shrine of the Holy House of Loreto, which is found in Italy. That shrine contains within itself the walls of the House of Nazareth, which were transported during the time of the Crusades from the Holy Land to Italy. And they are enshrined in a magnificent basilica, a basilica that was very dear to Pope John XXIII, who went there on pilgrimage before opening the Second Vatican Council. It is believed that this is the place where the Annunciation took place. And so when one enters into the Holy House, one reads, inscribed in marble, the words, Tremble all ye who enter here. This is the holiest place on earth. When the All-Holy took flesh, in the body of Mary, when the Word became flesh for us, and she the Ark of the New Covenant, St. Joseph was called by God to a new obedience, a new trust, a new vocation. 
Now, there are many scripture scholars and modern translations of the scripture that make it appear that St. Matthew is telling us that Joseph doubted Mary, that he wanted to separate himself from her quietly. Some translations even use the term divorce. But this is not the tradition of the Catholic Church. In fact, in the writings of saints and the declarations of councils, Joseph's response to Mary's mysterious pregnancy was very different indeed. Recently, Professor John Soward, in his two excellent books, Redeemer in the Womb and Cradle of Redeeming Love, has shown that the tradition of the West is that Joseph's doubt was not a doubt about the purity of Mary, but a doubt about himself. Joseph accepted mysteriously, with his trust in God, that this pregnancy was divinely willed, but he doubted his own self. He doubted his own purity, his own holiness, his own worthiness to be part of this plan of God. So when St. Matthew tells us that an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph as he slept and reassured him, the reassurance is not about the Virgin Mary. The reassurance is about Joseph himself. When we turn to the Gospel of St. Matthew, we read these words. As Joseph considered what to do, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now these words are words of reassurance to Joseph and also words that confirm his vocation to fatherhood because according to Jewish tradition it was the father of a child who named the child. That's why when Elizabeth told her kinswomen, kinsfolk and neighbors that her child was to be called John they wondered at this because there was no one in the family who bore that name. So thinking that Elizabeth was taking advantage of Zechariah's muteness, they asked him what name he wanted his son to be called by. And it was when Zechariah wrote the words, his name is John, that his voice, his speech was restored to him because he had fulfilled all that was required of him by God's plan and the angel's command. Now we find Joseph being given the dignity, the honor of naming Christ. Many of the saints, not only in the Middle Ages, but much earlier, have spoken of Joseph's humility and of the importance of this appearance. In the 6th century, one of the Eastern Fathers, whose name is St. Romanos, Romanos the Melodist, because he was a great hymn writer, wrote a magnificent hymn extolling the virtues of St. Joseph. And in that hymn, Joseph, speaking, describes Mary as being the burning bush, filled with divinity, yet not consumed. 
And Joseph says to her, The fire within you frightens me, Mary. I am afraid it will be, consume me. You see, this was Joseph's attitude towards the divine pregnancy. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, writing about the same mystery, says that Joseph, like Simon Peter, was in effect saying, Depart from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. I am not worthy to walk on the same ground, which is holy, as this woman filled with divine power. The Council of Trent repeats the same teaching. So when we look at St. Joseph, we see someone who is marveling at the power of God, but doubting his own self. Doubting his own self. So the angel appears to him by night and counsels him, reassuring him in the intimacy of sleep. He does so like a friend at the end of the day. Pope Paul VI spoke about this when he said three times in the Gospel we speak of conversations between Joseph and an angel in sleep. What does this mean? It means that Joseph was guided, counseled in the intimacy of the heart by a heavenly messenger. Now what does St. Joseph's difficulty, St. Joseph's doubt, teach us. Many times we're afraid to do the Lord's will, not because of a disobedient attitude on our part, but because we are mindful of our own weaknesses, our own past sins, even those sins that are forgiven. How much good goes undone because the memory of past sins binds us in a way that God doesn't intend. How much good goes undone because we are afraid that standing up for the truth, someone will criticize us and say, what right do you have to speak? I know what you're really like. And so time and time again, missions that the Lord has for us go unfulfilled. Opportunities to proclaim the gospel, to defend the faith, to stand up for the truth, to bear witness to God's goodness, or even to protect the innocent, the needy. These we fail and falter because of the power of past sins or the feeling of weakness and inadequacy. St. Joseph listened to the voice of the angel and the angel strengthened him. The angel reassured him that in God's plan he was the right man for the job. It was his vocation. Our guardian angels also strengthen us. They remind us of God's power, a power which shows its perfection in our weakness, our littleness, our infirmities. They strengthen our minds and our hearts so that we might do the will of God, so that we might fulfill God's plan, so that we will not be overcome by the past. St. Teresa of Avila, that marvelous saint, doctor of the church and patron of common sense, said, in time of trial I remember that with God and five cents I can do anything. 
we should pray to St. Joseph for this same gift of acceptance of the vocation that God has for us, the plan that God from all eternity has determined for us. Because each of us has a unique mission to accomplish, a mission that we carry out not only for ourselves and in ourselves, but through our influence over other people. Joseph was to be privileged to hold the Christ child in his arms, to listen to the beating of the sacred heart in the form of that frail little one, to hear the first syllables of the Word made flesh, to help guide his feet to walk, those feet that would one day be pierced by nails. And Joseph taught Jesus the satisfaction and the joy of work. The word by which all things were created learned how to handle a hammer and a nail, a saw and a plane through the guidance of Joseph. Let us ask this great saint to be with us and guide us in the way in which our vocation, our vocation can give praise to God. Please come back to us in just a moment. St. Joseph, whose protection is so great, so strong, so prompt before the throne of God, I place in thee all my interests and desires. Do thou, O St. Joseph, assist me by thy powerful intercession, and obtain for me, for my divine Son, all spiritual blessings, through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that, having engaged here below thy heavenly power, I may offer my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers. O Saint Joseph, I never weary contemplating thee, and Jesus asleep in thy arms. I dare not approach while he reposes so near thy heart. Press him in my name, and kiss his fine head for me, and ask him to return the kiss when I draw my dying breath. Saint Joseph, patron of departing souls, pray for me. It's fun. It's free. It's Wings, EWTN's weekly e-newsletter delivered to your inbox free each week. Read about upcoming special programming. And learn what's new at EWTN, radio, TV, and Internet. Just send an email to radio at EWTN.com. Be sure to put Wings in the subject line. Wings, a free service from your friends at the Global Catholic Network, EWTN. If you would like to write to us at EWTN, we would love to hear from you. Our address is EWTN, 5817 Old Leeds Road, Irondale, Alabama, 35210. Or check out our website at www.ewtn.com. St. Joseph is unique and irrepeatable. But from this mission, 
we can see the virtues by which God prepared Joseph for this great role and responsibility in the life of his son made flesh. St. Joseph has a stupendous docility. He is open to the teaching of the Lord, to the word that is spoken by the angel in sleep. An exceptional promptness in responding, in doing what God asks immediately, in a spirit of obedience and with a wholehearted desire to do all that the Lord demands. Joseph doesn't argue. He doesn't hesitate. He doesn't speak of his own rights or his own hopes or aspirations. He leaves everything to the plan of God. These virtues are virtues which you and I have to develop also in our spiritual lives. We must learn to trust God above all else, to base our hopes and our desires in His will, with the conviction that what God wants for us is the very best, and that He will give to us every grace necessary for us to accomplish His work to persevere in the ways of holiness. The virtue of hope is often one that we ignore in our prayer life. We pray for faith. Lord, I believe, increase my faith. That's an excellent prayer to make. Lord, I love you, but not yet enough. Lord, increase my love, increase my charity. Help me to love you in others, especially in the people that I find it difficult to see you in. Again, an excellent prayer. But Lord, I hope in you. I am convinced that you will give me today and tomorrow and the day after everything that I need, every grace and every blessing, so that the promises of Christ may be fulfilled in me. Lord, I know I know that I do not have to give in to this temptation, that I do not have to turn my face away from your will or take back my hand from the plow. Lord, I trust in you. I trust in you that everything in my life you will arrange and order to bring about your will. Your providence is enough for me. Lord, let me trust in you more and more. St. Joseph abounded in trust. Abounded in trust. And when we stop to consider for just a moment that Joseph did not live to see the fulfillment of his son's mission, Joseph, we believe, dies before the public life of Christ begins. Joseph never had the opportunity to see Jesus' miracles, nor his preaching. He did not see the acceptance of the great crowds, nor hear him acclaimed as king. He did not witness the cross, nor did he ever receive Jesus in Holy Communion. But it was given to him to whisper the holy name for the first time. It was given to him to see the first blood shed for the salvation of the world in the circumcision. It was given to him to hear the breath during the day and the night 
of the Word who sustains the universe. And this was enough for Joseph. St. Joseph is the model of contemplative prayer because in his works, in his labors, he is ever united to Jesus and Mary. As I've said before, there are no words recorded of St. Joseph in the Scriptures, in the Gospels. But Joseph, by his presence, is in constant dialogue with God Almighty and with the Son of God made man, with the Immaculate Conception, who is his spouse. We should turn to St. Joseph in all the needs of our life and ask him to make us open and docile to the illuminations, the inspirations of our angels, whether they come to us in sleep or in other forms during the day. And it's important for, to note that St. Matthew is extremely precise when he speaks about the visits of the angel. He doesn't say that Joseph dreamed of an angel. He says that the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, appeared to him, in other words, while he was asleep. At the end of the day, when his mind was quiet and calm, it was then that God's word could be received. And it must mean, too, that Joseph ended his day in a spirit of prayer and recollection so that he was ready, so that he was open for this communication from Almighty God. Although St. Matthew describes the angel as simply angel of the Lord, most of the saints and fathers of the church who have commented on this passage believe that it was indeed St. Gabriel and that Gabriel, who brought the good news to Mary, continued his mission as a protector of the Holy Family, that the good news of salvation might take root both in the heart of Mary and in the heart of Joseph, and so bring forth much fruit. How do we discover in our own lives Joseph's gifts of simplicity, for Joseph, if he is a contemplative, is also the patron of a simple life. And that simplicity of heart is the way in which he responds to God's love. Our world may be very different from the world of Joseph and Mary, but we can look to the life of the Holy Family as an example for us, and we can see in their unity and harmony the model to which our families should aspire. We must begin each day by rising with joy, ready to serve the Lord, ready to begin the new day in the blessings and the grace of God. The first thing we should do is greet the Lord, not think of our work, not think of the troubles that lie ahead, nor even of our plans. Think of God himself and say, good morning, dear God, how beautiful you have made this world. How beautifully you have made this day. I thank you for all your blessings. When we greet the Lord in this way and thank Him, we express our gratitude for His love for us. If it's possible, there is no better way to praise God than morning Mass and Holy Communion. 
If it's not possible, nonetheless, we begin our day with prayer and with the offering of all that we do to the Lord in union with the masses celebrated throughout the world. The morning offering is an extremely powerful, powerful spiritual tool that lifts us up and changes the day. Now, though we may think of our morning prayers as the most important thing that we do to begin the day in the sight of the Lord. There are also practical things, practical virtues that we should practice. And these virtues are virtues which discipline us and make us ready for the day with its trials and troubles. So, to make our bed, straighten our room, make life easier for other members of our family, all of this is extremely important for us. Then, when we leave our room and our house, we should endeavor to speak good words to as many people as possible, to say thank you, to greet others, to wish them a good morning and a good day. In this way, we will offer the joy of God reflected in our faces and our souls to others. Throughout the day, we try to be conscientious, to do our work as an offering to God, to render good service. When we meet others, we should greet them in a friendly manner, but also be concerned about the responsibilities that are ours, the work that has to be accomplished that day. When we return home, we speak in the same way, in a friendly manner, in a way that will win others, not only to us, but to God. We must avoid quarreling, disagreement, dissensions. Rather, we try to understand why others speak to us in the way they do, to enter into their trials and difficulties, to empathize with them. And if we cannot offer any words of counsel or any actual or material help, we can certainly offer a prayer, a prayer asking the Lord to be merciful, to be kind. Finally, when the day has been long and toilsome and difficult, let us go in spirit to the Lord. And, if we can, make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament, lay down before him all the burdens of our day. But even before the crucifix in our room, we simply entrust the day to the Lord. Thank him for the good that we've been able to do. Offer to him those things that are incomplete, unfinished. Ask his pardon for those things during our day which have gone badly, or the times that we have failed. And then, at the end of this offering of ourselves to God, we entrust ourselves to the care of the holy angels and ask them to watch over us. The prayers of the night office in this regard are extremely beautiful. Protect us, Lord, as we stay awake. Watch over us as we sleep, that awake we may keep watch with Christ and asleep rest in his peace. Let us ask St. Joseph, the patron of our daily life to direct us and guide us and open our hearts to the words of the angels so that we might find Christ in all things. God bless you. I hope to see you again next time here on Angels of God.